from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Well, good morning, security gang, and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. It's Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. We've got a packed show for all of y'all this morning, live on the road. Again, I mean, just the nature of the beast of traveling, right? And 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 the beauty of technology of being able to have a a mobile studio. So with that being said, though, good morning to everyone tuning in. We're live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Rumble. Good morning to everyone here that's with us. We've got a busy show today. Really, really busy. Again, it's really early where I'm at. I'm on the West Coast. It's 6 a.m. Not, not a lot of coffee shops are open at 6 to make an espresso. And they've got a Keurig in my room for some godforsaken reason. Um, they still make those. And sell those, and people still somehow use them. But nonetheless, I don't have my cup, my cup of coffee this morning, but I do have all the energy and all the might to get through this morning's show, just based on the energy y'all give me. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Coffee cup, cheers to everyone joining us this morning with your cup of Joe or whatever it is that you drink for your morning beverage, tea or whatever. So let's go ahead and get started because we've got a lot to talk about with an ongoing duo outage that's causing an Azure authentication error. Um, So Cisco-owned MFA provider Duo Security is investigating an ongoing outage that's been causing authentication failures and errors that started roughly around three hours ago. The outage also led to core authentication services issues across multiple Duo servers, triggering Azure authentication errors for Azure conditional access integration and a system-wide outage. While the Azure auth issue is auto-resolved, customers are still reporting experiencing problems, including authentication slowness and failures when logging in. Some users also see a system under heavy load. Please wait a few minutes and try again error. Um, Duo for their end said they're currently investigating the authentication errors on Duo 1 and are working to correct the issue as soon as possible. The company said an incident report uh, was filed about three hours ago when this story first came out. As of yesterday, about nine hours after the outage, they said that the issue was resolved. So with that being said, there's that. Australian Energy One, uh, uh, Australia's Energy One is reporting a cyber attack. A statement issued yesterday, the company said an incident was detected on August 18th. It impacted some corporate systems in Australia and the UK. As part of its work to ensure customer security, Energy One has disabled some links between its corporate and customer-facing systems. Energy One is also investigating the incident in an attempt to determine whether PII or customer-facing systems had been impacted. The company is also working to determine how the attackers gained entry into their environment. While the firm has not shared a lot of details about the attack, its statement suggests that they may have been targeted for a ransomware attack, which is fairly common now against the energy sector. A recent British threat intelligence company, Searchlight Cyber, showed that threat actors have been offering initial access into the energy sector priced anywhere from $20 to $2,500. So more on this as becomes available. Japanese watchmaker Seiko is breached by the Black Cat ransomware gang as it was added to the extortion site with Black Cat claiming responsibility for a cyber attack that was disclosed by the Japanese firm earlier this month. One of the world's largest and most historic watchmakers with roughly 12,000 employees and an annual revenue of $1.6 billion. On August 10th, the company published a notice of a data breach informing the unauthorized third party gain access to at least part of its IT infrastructure and access or exfiltrated data. 
It appears that on July 28th, some of some as yet unidentified party or parties gain unauthenticated access to at least one of their servers. According to their statement, we now know that to be Black Cat since the group is posting samples of the data they have. So when they published this, they had very little information. We now know that they've got leaked samples of technical schematics, watch designs, as well as some uh, uh, other data as well. The group was first used a clear web website dedicated to leaking data for a particular victim. They've also created the data leak API. Um, so researchers at Curated Intel told Bleeping Computer that the initial access broker was selling access to Japanese manufacturing company on July 27th, one day before they were initially accessed, which goes on for your threat intel program you really want to start monitoring who's selling initial uh, access. If it seems like um, it, it, it even remotely fits you, I would at that moment do a complete password reset in the org, um, especially around admin credentials um, at least, and, and then maybe do a, do a quick access review. Uh, that's got to be part of your uh, Thread Intel program now uh, as a practitioner. CISA is warning organizations that a new cold fusion vulnerability patched earlier this year is being exploited in attacks. The CVE in question is 2023-26359er, and it was added by CISA on Monday for to its uh, CAV catalog, the known exploited vulnerabilities. These types of vulnerabilities are frequent attack vectors for malicious cyber actors that pose significant risks to the federal enterprise. Adobe, which fixed the vulnerability as part of its March 2023 Patch Tuesday update, has described it as a critical data deserialization issue that can be exploited for arbitrary code execution. CIS has instructed government organizations to address the vulnerability by September 11th. No pun intended there, y'all. Government agencies are required to resolve flaws added to the catalog per, per the binding operational directive 22-01, which focuses on reducing risk. Uh, no information appears to be available on the attacks exploiting this specific CVE, but adding it means that there's some sort of out-in-the-wild exploitation there. And if you haven't patched your cold fusion environment, you may want to do that as well. Ivanti can't seem to get out of the news with an additional newly actively exploited mobile iron zero day uh, vulnerability. This one uh, is impacting a critical Sentry API authentication bypass vulnerability, and it's being exploited in the wild. Ivantry Sentry functions as a gatekeeper for enterprise active sync servers like Exchange Server or backend resources, just such as SharePoint servers and mobile iron deployments. It can also operate as a Kerberos key distribution center proxy server. This was discovered and reported by the team over at Monomic. The critical vulnerability with CVE 2023-38035 enables unauthenticated attackers to gain access to sensitive admin portal configuration APIs exposed over port 8443 used by the mobile iron configuration service. This is possible after they bypass authentication controls by taking advantage of the insufficiently restrictive Apache HTTPD configuration. Successful exploitation allows them to change configuration, run system commands, or write files onto systems running Avanti Sentry versions 9.18 and prior. Avanti is advising admins not to expose mix to the internet and restrict access to internal management networks. As of now, they're aware of only limited numbers of customers impacted by this, but this goes on to the EPMM, Mobile Iron Cloud, and neurons for MDM that are all not affected, but all had their own zero days in, in, in very short recent memories. You don't need to have a memory of a fish to know that we've said the Ivanti name on the show this month way more times than we'd like to say that. 
since April, state uh, attackers have exploited two additional vulnerabilities within their EPMM, formerly known as Mobile Iron Core, which uh, impacted the government of Norway. And that was CVE 2023-35078. And now 35081 was also an exploit there as well. So uh, Avanti can't seem to get out of their own way there. A Carter B, a Carter B attack is hitting uh, Hong Kong organizations and other regions in China with a software supply chain target, sorry, in Asia. The Semantic Threat Hunter team part of Broadcom is tracking the activity under its insect-themed moniker Carter B. The attack spread a firm leverage a Trojanized version of a, of a legitimate software called uh, eSafeNet Cobra Dock Guard client to deliver a known backdoor called PlugX or Court Plug on victim networks. In the course of the attack, the attackers used malware signed with a legitimate Microsoft certificate. The use of the Cobra Dock Guard client to pull off supply chain attacks was previously highlighted by ESAT this year, detailing a September 2022 intrusion in which an unnamed gambling company in Hong Kong was compromised through a malicious update pushed by the software. The same company said to have been infected before in September of 2021 as well, using the same technique of attack. This has been linked to a Chinese threat actor named Lucky Mouse or APT27, also known as Emissary Panda. Um, however, the latest campaign spotted by Semantic exhibits little commonalities or conclusively tie it to the same actor. Furthermore, the fact that the PlugX is used by a variety of China-linked hacking group makes attribution much more difficult. It doesn't. It just point to China anywhere on the map. China, there it is. You've got it, Semantic. I know. We can't point the right APT because you can't give them another 17,000 name. But we know this is a tool used by the Chinese targeting Hong Kong, a country that was once a democracy that they've since uh, tried to turn into an uh, into some sort of... Uh, ccp controlled island um and and really destroyed the economy and the freedom that the people there enjoyed also violating their 99 year agreement with the brits but hey who's counting what how many violations china does we can't point attribution here folks so that's what this is this is one of those things that really kind of hits me we know it's china so say it's just china how many china's got all of these apts it could be any one of them could be any one of them any one of them we don't know but we know it's china and our final story of this morning, folks, is the Ecuador National Election Agency saying cyber attacks caused absentee valid voting issues in the country. Ecuador's national elections were on Sunday. They were marred by difficulties with voting online for citizens living abroad. Incidents that the country's election agency attributed to cyber attack originating from seven different countries. On the day of the polls, absentee voters flooded social media to express their frustration at not being able to cast votes through an online system created by the government. About 120,000 Ecuadorians living outside the country were registered to vote in the election. Many of them were unable to access the voting system before polls closed. So there's that, and you can obviously see the X um, 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 kind of conversation there. The attacks were identified as coming from seven countries, including India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Russia, Ukraine, Indonesia, and China. In an interview with CNN's Spanish-language affiliate, a time might said voter, voters in Europe were especially impacted authorities will analyze within the framework of the law what is appropriate to do on monday afternoon with 80 percent of the votes counted left-wing candidate luisa gonzalez was ahead but will face a second place challenger danielle nuboa in a runoff in october and hopefully by then they'll get their systems online or you know personally i'm i'm, I'm a fan of just going back to paper ballots i think there's something to be said that until you can foolproof your system you shouldn't have it be the source while we all want to have 
technology at our fingertips. There's some stuff where I'd still go back to a paper ballot for this would be one of those. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow. And then by the way, send us your favorite stories. We've gotten a few according to the team here. Um, anything where you want to get a reaction out of. So a story I haven't read, I haven't looked at like all of these, something I haven't done any research. We'll do a live reaction video on the show every Wednesday going forward. So with that being said, that'll be done tomorrow. Join us then. We'll be back here live at 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow with all the latest and greatest. Thank you all for subscribing. Thank you all for being part of the show. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback, so make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.